This is a Woodlawn bound four express train. The next stop is Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to the On The Four podcast. I am one-fourth of your hosting team, Uncle Vel. Joining me today are my co-hosts. Sweet Tea. And Tasha. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Good evening. So, everybody, welcome to the very first episode of the On The Four podcast. Yes, yes, yes. We made it. We're here, finally. We made it. We finally made it. We made it. We still on time. Late up on time. <clears throat> so how's everybody doing today? We doing all right. Just a little history of how On The Ford podcast became about. By the way, we are family. But ironically, we all went to the same high school. Out of this bunch, I'm the mother of Tree and Natasha is my seventh daughter from another mother. Uncle Vel, by the way, is my brother, and he's the uncle of the bunch. So, and to just expound on that history, um, Natasha and Tree actually had um, wanted to start a YouTube channel, and they had been talking about it for a while, and... I was interested in doing one myself and you know, we were just talking and then for like a year we were just talking about it. And then we just said, why don't we do a podcast? So we decided, okay, well, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? All that stuff. So then we just decided, you know, okay, we're going to do this. Everybody just started getting the equipment together. We started, you know, having meetings and here we are. One love. <laughs> Our YouTube channel is still coming. It's in the works. Let's get I don't know if I'm going to do a YouTube channel, but I'll be a subscriber. Like, share, subscribe. Hit the link below. So, ladies, what are we going to be talking about today? Wait, before we do that, I do have a question. Question time. What was you all's longest relationship? I'll start first. I guess is your first high school relationship, is that really considered a relationship? That was probably like five years. But my most memorable one was three years. All right, Tasha. <laughs> um, my longest one is nine years, ten years on. Mhm. Mm and high school do count. 
That was when you made the most mistakes. Sad choices. All right, what about the married folks? Uncle Bell. Well, my longest relationship is going on 36 years, married for 28. But before that, really wasn't in a relationship. I talked to people in high school. But when I graduated and came to college, that's when I met my future wife. All right, Ma. My longest relationship was during high school, prior to marriage. Um, you do make poor mistakes when you're in high school and you're dating. Um, I think this is something that I've mentioned to my children is that when you commit yourself to this one particular person, that's when your issues start. You know, it's, oh, you, you're mine. You can't look at anyone else. You can't talk to anyone else, you know, but my high, during high school, my dating during high school, the longest relationship was five years, but I've been married for some years and that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> some years. Okay. That's all she's going to say about it. That's all. I have a follow-up question just to throw it out there. What is considered to be a successful relationship? Does it have to end in marriage? What makes it successful or make it considered a real relationship? Well, if I can answer, I wouldn't necessarily say it has to end in marriage. Um, it has to be what the two of you decide you want out of that relationship. So if you both say that you want to be married and you're working towards that, that's fine. But if one of you wants to be married and the other one doesn't, it's not going to work. You know, so, I mean, if you both go into it and say, you know what, we're happy with the way our situation is. We don't need to get married to know that we want to be together. We love each other. Then you won't get married. You know, it's not that you have to, you know, um, I think. So for years, for a long time, society was like, you know, if you're going to be in a relationship, the goal has to be marriage. Well, that's not everybody's goal. You know, that was mine. That's that's what we chose to do. But that's not everybody's goal. That makes sense. If I can speak briefly on it, um Taking out marriage, I think a successful relationship is a relationship where you have honesty, you have trust, and you have to be able to go through the good and the bad because no relationship is perfect. But if you guys kind of weigh out, you know, your pros and cons of it and you can get past, you know, some things that happen in relationships, then I think it can be successful. You know, I mean. I'm, yes, I am married, but I did have a long stretch of where, you know, I was dating and, you know, it came to the, the part where it was, you know, is this something that you want? Is something that I want? And then we made it happen. But not everything, you know, like, you know, Uncle Bell said has the end in marriage, but I think the trust, the honesty in the relationship 
is what makes and develops the successfulness in the relationship. And, and by the way, being for the streets. Right. And by the way, marriage works. Black marriage works. You know. True. I was just thinking also on the counter, like, say you've been with somebody for a long time, but it ends. Now, it didn't end bad. It didn't end crazy. You learned a lot from this relationship. You guys are amicable, but it ended. Can that still be considered a successful relationship? Of course. Because yeah, it, it, you, people, you, you get to a place in life where y'all can't take each other no further. And that's it. You know, y'all got, y'all got each other to this point in your life and your relationships or whatever. And like you said, you, you, you ended on good terms and that happens a lot where, you know, the relationship is just, it's done is run its course. And that's, that's what any relationship, not just in romantic relationships and friendships, everything, you know, you, like they always say, um, people in your lives for a season or whatever, you know, that was your season with that person. You know, that doesn't mean it was bad, but it just, it, it's ran its course and, you know, you, you both had to, you know, go your separate ways. And it's also too, what you get out of it, because I've dealt with people and it didn't work, but it prepared me for the next relationship to show me what I deserve, the things I don't deserve. So even though it didn't work, I look at the things that I've taken away from a relationship, good or bad. And I think, I think the successful part of it is, is that you're able to have those takeaways of what took place in the relationship. You know, just because or a relationship doesn't have to be bad to end. You know what I'm saying? So you can have a lot of successful things and positive things that happen in a relationship, but it does come a time where you have to kind of, you know, sever those ties you know and, and move on to be able to grow because you might have just grown to a point where it's no more growth i've had actually a relationship i'm not going to say who it was but we separated because we had to we were trying to show off on our own and do things initially we thought we wanted to move in and do things together, but it wasn't working that way. So we did have to separate because we wanted to, you know, establish things as adults. That's why we split up. But other than that, it wasn't anything bad. Now would I get back to the person? No. And and that's and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you just like you like I said before, you just got to that point. Yeah, I wanted to work on your yourselves before you can work on work together. And I think a lot of people don't realize that because you, they get into a relationship and they think it's, you know, it's going to be all peaches and cream and, you know, you're going to, they think they're going to, it's going to be no issues, no problems. And that's not reality. You know, relationships are probably the hardest job you ever going to have other than raising children. You know, because it's, it's always going to require work. You know, you're going to have to work every day because you know what? Sometimes I get up and I don't like my wife. I don't want to talk to her. And some days she feels the same way. 
you know, we just, it just be like that. Cause you with that person every day, you see this person, you know, and you, and especially when you spend years with this person, you know, but that don't mean I don't love her. She don't love me and we don't want to be together. You, like I said, sometimes you just look at each other and like, why is you breathing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but. I and digress. that's a that's a great uh a great takeaway from from a relationship that again you're not all always gonna like each other but you love each other you know All right so episode 1 of the podcast is very much given relationship So the Netflix movie, You People, Jonah Hill, Lauren London, Eddie Murphy, Neil Long. Did everyone see it? I think so. <clears throat> I did. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes. Finally. One thing. Thank you, Uncle Bell. Um, so watching that movie, it made me think, like, so if you're with what may very well be like your soulmate and y'all I guess planning on or have the idea of getting married if the family your family his family her family if they don't get along would that make or break you guys getting married if your families don't get along anybody can go well I would say looking you know because i and i and this is fresh for me because i just watched the movie earlier today um they'd let it make or break them initially um because they were listening to their family so it i yes it can because especially if your family has such an influence on you you know like like the characters in the movie did their families had a huge influence on them and you can tell pretty much they did whatever their their parents asked them to do or whatever in life or whatever. Um, but if you truly, that's your person, that's who you want to be with, that's who you want to marry, then you have to let everybody know, you know what, I appreciate you, you know, you looking out for me, but this is who I want to be with. And if they can't rock with that, and this is your person, then you, you got to say, well, you know what? I got to step aside. It's going to be me and her. Y'all don't, if y'all don't want to be around, that's on y'all. Our family. Think about how our family is. You would really be like, so if our family didn't like Antoni's family, you'll be like, well, Antoni's my soulmate, so bye, y'all. Where our family is, Uncle. Well, and and even with that, I know that not all of our family would be like that. They would be accepting and 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 you know want to get to know her family and spend time and stuff like that. You know, I, I mean, would, I think I would I would have more of her uncle, you know, like uh, in from the movie. 
um, Lauren's uncle, uh, Mike Epps, I think I, there would be more of those in the family than those opposed. You know, because he he let the father know that yo you you were wrong. You treated you was you was judging this dude without really getting to know him. And I think the fact that he the way is it's also it's not just I don't like the characteristics characteristics of this person, right? If it's that petty, then that's a different conversation. But we talking about religion and we talking about race, which is which are really two big factors as well. I can say that from my my family outside of you guys. Be not as close knit, so it probably I probably wouldn't care. We're gonna figure it out. That's that. But as far as I know, me knowing you guys as family, um, the way you guys are, how close you are, I can see it being an issue if it was. Well, not really. You guys are very accepting, so <laughs> I don't I don't know. But I think when it comes to religion and race, that's just two different things, and I don't think we have a problem with that. Well, if I well, can I speak, mean, be, well, before before you do, let me just. And if you look at <laughs> my wife is Dominican and her family, her whole family is Dominican. So, you know, I married into a Dominican family whose most of the family didn't speak English. <laughs> you know, most of them only spoke Spanish, her parents, her grandparents, whatever. But I think, you know, I think as a family, we all got, a, got along, you know, and did well, you know. My parents, you know, liked her parents. Her parents liked my parents. You know, her whole family was very accepting, very nice. <clears throat> you know, maybe there was a couple that sometimes got to get checked. But on the, for, on the most part, you know, I think we all get along very, very well. Well, my experience is, from my side of the family, um, you know, one of my parents was very domineering and, you know, I, I kind of religiously um, respected their opinion until I noticed that, you know, their opinion wasn't what I wanted anymore, you know? So, you know, there were some bumps in the road, but, you know, my husband genuinely respected and loved both of my parents, you know? But so there was times where, you know, my husband felt that, you know, my family didn't care about him or, or didn't respect him. And I made sure that I was the one that stepped in and was like, I don't care about whether your family or my family, I'm the one who's dealing with you. I'm the one who's married to you. And I really didn't care. So at some point in time, I had to step outside of the kind of relationship that I have with my family and say, I'm going to pause the brakes on you guys. And I'm going to, show my husband that it's just me and him, you know? So it, sometimes it doesn't always matter about religion and stuff like that. But, you know, it, you do have families like mine who were very close knit, but then you do have some people that are so overbearing to the point where, you know, you have to kind of take back your own kind of, a person in order to have your partner realize that it's just you and I at some point, you know, because I respect, I respected my parents. I respected things that they said. I respected that they were married for so long until he passed away, but how they did things may not have been how I did things and who I married 
I didn't care who, if they liked him or not. That they didn't make the determining factor of who I loved. And I, at some point, I had to let them know that. So I can see that, you know, people who have this kind of religious thing going on, how it can affect, you know, you stepping outside your race or you stepping outside uh, a religion, you know. But if you care about this person and you really love this person, you have to be able to step up and step out and say it's just you and I. That's a tough but good point. <clears throat> so, Tasha, let me ask you on the flip because that was that you brought up the race and religion because that was important inside the movie. Now, on your end, with your dad being Muslim and how strict he was with you guys, if he had some type of feelings about your soulmate, how would. <laughs> How would that affect you? Um, so that's a hard question because um, he he did have a, my last person. He had you know he didn't have a problem, but he didn't understand it, right? And so for a while, I just hid the whole situation from everybody, right? But um, I will want I will I will want his respect and bring him in and. Either way, make it respectful. I'm not going to make the decision just based off of what he, how he feels. No, I will not do that because in the end, he married my mother. My mother's a Baptist. She's not, she's Christian. You know what I'm saying? So, and his, his, I don't know. That's a tough question. I think I would still <laughs> want his respect. Um, and I wouldn't want to disrespect him. But like Miss Anya said, at some point, you just have to know that that's your person and you have to be, you're going to have to be the fine line between mending these two. However it goes, if you, if they can't come over for Christmas because they believe in this, then that just can't happen. But there has to be some type of understanding and just a level of respect. And that's all I would care about. I want to respect my parents and I want to respect them. I don't know if I answered that good. <laughs> no, you did. Because that's what I'd be worried about. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I love that person. But then I'm thinking like holidays, family mm -hmm. reunion, yeah. things like that. If we don't get along, it's like. Is gonna separate that. Like I, we, I might not go this time, or and the way my family is, it'll be hard, you know, to miss those type of um, events. I'm tossed. I don't know. I also you have. When I you're think bringing your, bringing your family into it as far as something being toxic. Like I had a family member who had a toxic dude. Like with you know, was in a relationship with a toxic dude, and it's not that he couldn't even have conversations before he want to blow up. And of course, that's not going to be about religion, about anything. He couldn't have that. And you just know that he can't come around. That's that's not going to work. But if everybody has respect and a level of respect and understanding, I think that you've grown, you should be able to handle it, even if you have differences. That's true. Very true. And I think we lose sight of the fact that we we all are, we all are going to, we start as a, start off as babies, we, then we become children, and then we become young adults, and then we become full-grown adults. And yes, we do respect our parents' wishes up until a certain degree to when it's inside of you where you feel like something is wrong. And 
at that point, you have to kind of cut the umbilical cord and you have to make your own decisions. And I feel like, you know, I can respect my parents and their wishes to a certain degree until it starts to kind of eat me inside. And I know that my husband wasn't a bad person. I know that my husband loved me. He cared about me. He showed my parents respect. And at some point I was like, well, what's the problem? And then I was like, I'm not going to keep knocking my head up against the wall to try to figure it out. Because at the end, he loved them and they, they loved him as a son, you know, but I think it's because I had to kind of pull away and step outside for a little while to get them to understand that this is my life. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to marry who I want to marry. And if y'all not with it, then we don't have to deal with or, or deal with you guys. And sometimes you have to come to that harsh reality that it is what it is. Everybody's story is different. But we all know that at some point, we have to grow up and we have to make our own decisions. Yeah. That is. And, I, and I'm pretty sure in the beginning of pretty much every relationship, <clears throat> parents or families didn't like each other just because they didn't know each other. You know? So. It is what it is, as they say, you know, but if, if the relationship that you have, you have with your partner is that strong, then you guys can overcome it. Right. And if your family love, they love you, you know, they would, you know, they'll accept, they'll overcome, they'll adapt. And cause what they want out of it in the end is, <clears throat> Excuse me. What they want out of it in the end is parents want grandkids and they want their kids to be happy. So if that person is making you happy, that's what they want. But parents do want grandkids. Because that's all we heard until we had ours. When you're going to have some kids, when you're going to have some kids. Well, I was like, well, my sister's having them for everybody. I don't need to. Excuse you. I know you're not putting my business out in the street like that. She's like, who she want to be with? She going to oh. be with all these kids I, I got? I didn't put the business out in the street. I got more than one sister. You, Yeah. You got another sister who got one kid. So who else you talking about? The, but the listeners didn't know that. Well, I'm letting them know. Yes, I am the mother of five and she's also the family member that's going to tell all the, the deeds <laughs> exactly if y'all want to know call me mm, mm, mm. 1-800 tell it <laughs> this was good guys so you know for the first episode you know I, I know we got a little little deep there but, you know, we, we want to make sure that, you know, that we're real. So, you you know, this ain't nothing scripted and whatever. This is this is going to be about our lives, our relationships. But we're going to have fun as well. That being said, the fun police is here. So 
are we getting into this? I think it's shot o'clock. You know, it's oh, I done, oh, oh, yeah. You know what? I done messed up. I done, I done drank all my stuff. Mm. So we said shot o'clock, not drink it around the clock. Y'all didn't see me drinking. I'm confused. I, I saw you put, turn that bottle up now. <laughs> I done I shot o'clock for everybody. I got a little... I, I got a little sip of it in there. Were we ready? Yeah. Shot o'clock. But, but, shot but o'clock. just so every, everyone shot, knows shot, that shot we are recording this in three, actually three different locations. We're in Buffalo, New York, New York City, and North Carolina. Yeah. So we, so we, we out there. We on the East Coast though, but we out there. You outside? Hurry up! Well, I'll be out. You are out. Look yeah. at that bottle. It's, you are it, out. Yeah. Completely it's, out. It's shot o'clock. So what that means is we're going to take a shot to the very first episode of the On The Four podcast. Shot o'clock. Raise them up. Shot o'clock. Shot, shot, shot. Come on, I got to see because you know some people fake it. Here we go. Mm. Got to watch the people y'all call friends too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That was fabulous. I don't know. I don't know. So what what can you guys expect from the On the Four podcast? What are some of the things we're gonna be talking about, ladies? Uh, life. <laughs> That's the thing. Life, life, everything. Life, life. Being honest and genuine and having fun. That's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. But I know. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, Craig, look at everybody that way. Anyway. Um, oh, I got, I got, a, I got a, a question. I have a 19-year-old <laughs> son that I've been getting flack for from his cousins about, oh, he needs a car. He needs this. When you going to get him a car? Well, how am I going to get I don't think he wants a car right now because he's not doing what he's supposed to to get his license. I done paid for lessons. He got his um, permit, but he's not taking the lessons. I'm going to chime in. So let's, when you be detailed, we got a, a new audience. The audience is. I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to give him, get, to give, all, give all of his business is, away. No, no, not that. This is his only child, guys. He's currently in college. He followed everything his, his parents asked him for, he gave. So why not get him the car as motivation? He, he's not motivated to get his license. Why am I gonna spend money on a car that I gotta park across the street and move on to the other side every day and put gas in 
because he's not using it. Does he have his permit? He has his permit, but he's not. Listen, I don't pay a lot of money for these light these lessons. So there you go. Mm -hmm. So he has his permit. And I think you're you're saying, oh, you don't pay a lot for these lessons. How are you motivating him? And I get you pay for the lessons. So you, how are you motivating him? Because I think he took the first step and he got the permit. So sometimes you got to give your give your kids a little push, and, and it's not well, I just I paid for them all to the lessons to get the <laughs> permit. Right. So what are you doing now besides I paid for all the lessons? I pushed. To get sign up the, for the lessons because I'm the one that contacted the driving school, contacted the guy, paid for it or whatever. To be fair, let's oh, let's how are you motivating him? Connected. I mean, why do I have to motivate him? I said you're connected, of course, you know your family, but you're not all the way connected in that. So let's see what Tasha has. That's to say. I want to because I'm, I'm it's, it's coming from two ways, right? So I get what you guys are saying. He's the only kid I met him. He's amazing, but also. My parents didn't pay for my driver's license. I mean, my lessons at all. They didn't pay for the permit. They didn't pay for none of that. So I could appreciate Uncle Bell doing that and showing that as a, whatever, you know, whatever. But also, my mother does have four right? So I get what y'all saying. He's the only child. But if he can't do the things that he needs to do, what is it? The permit you only could drive during the day? Or, like, how does that go? Like, by yourself, without a... He, he has to have a... A licensed driver with him at all times, or just like at night, or at all times. Yeah, yeah. So then, so are you? Oh, no, 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 Hanging with his friends is more important than doing the, you know, because he has, you know, he has the con the guy's contact information, and he, you know, I'm I stay on it. Look, have you did you text him to set up your next lesson? Okay, yeah, I will, I will. Did you text him to to set up your lesson? Yeah, my cousin. Yeah, I will, Would I will, you, I will. And, that, and it's a lot of that. Yourself, dude. You're a driver. Is it like is he nervous to to? Learn with you? No, no. Well, his mother made a deal with him that if he, you know, after a certain amount of lessons, she will take him out. Why haven't you? Honestly, honestly, he can't get in my truck. No, see, there you go. Why haven't you taken him? He can't drive my truck. Honestly, why? His defense, like, it's too much. It's too much. But us being like from New York, granted, he is in Buffalo, but just us being from New York. That's not like driving versus down in North Carolina. Like you said, it's really a necessity here, Tasha. Me getting my license in New York was just because we wanted it. One of my cousins challenged me talking about, I bet you I can get my license and you can't. That was the only reason why I got mine. It wasn't because I wanted to, because I frankly, I, I felt like I didn't need it. Mm -hmm. On his defense, he don't really need it. Him doing it is just do it. So as his dad, motivate him. Get him that car. That's not a motivation. You're not motivating him either by saying he can't get in your truck. If he can't get in your truck, why you don't get in your wife's car and take him driving? Why does why you have to wait till you take the driving lesson? Your father taught you I, how to drive. Listen, I said 
him and his mother made a deal. She said she, he can go in her. She can he she he can do a lesson in her car after she after he does a lessons with the professional. But you're there. Why you can't do some lessons with him before the professional? You went to driving He's school. He's not getting before in my how- car. Okay. He's not driving my truck. I've said that, and I'm not using her car. She can take him in her car. Right. We don't drive each other. There you go. There you go. There you go. The one I'm not going to do instead of what you could be doing. No. Yes. We don't drive each other's car. Uh, All right. All right. You said, how you know he can't drive your truck? You just saying that. I'm saying, okay, let me put it this way. He's not allowed to drive my truck. There you go. So there you go. So you're not. So how are you motivating him? You can't drive my truck. Yo, did your father tell you you can drive his car? No. All right. But I can say he's not driving my truck. Okay, right. I, I didn't say First what you can't say. First of all, my truck say. is too big. He's no, not no, that's what you're assuming. For him learning, you haven't, it's too you big haven't even him. You haven't even made the attempt. And I'm not going to. All right. Okay. So, again, there's no motivation. I, listen, I did my motivation First episode of. He's he's got a he's got a show in, 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 um, in, in um, what is that word? As you can see, this is how it say? just pan out <laughs> arguing. We have the same thoughts, but we still love each other. We want to thank you and we'll see you on episode two. Listen, <laughs> he go get that license. Don't worry about it. He's just ain't gonna be in my truck. That's all I got to say. But I want to say, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for letting us fulfill a dream of doing this podcast. And I'm happy. I'm happy I did it because I'm just getting me out of my comfort zone. And, you know, speaking to the, even though I can't see you all, but just speaking to everybody and, you know, I just want to say thank you, and I, you know what? We can only get better from here. I second that. We only go up. And I had to deal with that growing up, yeah. Exactly. And I'm the younger sister, by the way. I don't know how much younger, but. Younger than you, bro. Okay, all right. That's on the four. On the the four podcast. All right, ladies. See y'all next week. Ciao. Till next. Roll out.